Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Smarts and Strength Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. everybody and welcome to yet another episode of Smarks and Stripes. My name is Bill Matz and I am joined by the referee himself, the former WWE referee, the Stripes of Smarks and Stripes, Kevin Keenan. How are you today, Kevin? Enjoying that donut? What's up? <laughs> uh, we, this, we're coming out Dude, of- Do they have Eagles Donuts? They're really good. In the lobby. <laughs> they're actually really good. God knows how long they've been sitting here, but I way to care. go, Dunkin' Donuts, because they're still fresh. I don't care. These I, are really good. I just had one and devoured it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is one of the biggest weeks, really, in recent uh, wrestling history, I would say. We've crowned a new AEW champion. A lot has uh, happened. Uh, yeah, just a lot of news has happened, so we're going to dive right into it with... I don't know, the biggest story in wrestling happened after AEW's all-out pay-per-view. Chris Jericho is the very first AEW World Heavyweight Champion. He's going out to celebrate with a little bit of the bubbly. I I love every bit Uh, of the bubbly. Every single bit is so good. I might try to play some on my phone into the mic later. We'll see how that works. (laughs) Uh, But he's going out to celebrate, Kev. And the AEW World Heavyweight Championship stolen out of his limo? <laughs> How? First of all, the fact that he's the very first champ, and he's got a limo, he's going out to celebrate, and he goes to freaking Longhorn Steakhouse, that's his big, like, I'm a chain, like, C-level steakhouse is his big, I know you guys love your Cracker Barrel, you love your Waffle House, right. but how is this where All you right. are going to celebrate your world heavyweight? Let's start there. Do is I, Longhorn one of the big one of the big stops for you for you uh, for the boys? Did I mention there's Dunkin' Donuts out there with <laughs> Eagles logos on them? Yeah, I'm oh try- my god, I'm doing my intro here and trying to really trying to stretch so Kev can get his donut <laughs> in. But um, uh, like, is Longhorn? This is just for me because a- I'm like, I'm go- if I just became the inaugural champion of a company owned by a family of billionaires, and I am a legit millionaire rock star superstar like Chris Jericho, I'm going to freaking Del Frisco's. I ain't going to Longhorn. Is this one of the big stops for the boys? Uh, it just bothered me. Yeah, it's, not a... It's not a Waffle House. That's what... Sure. I mean, look, if if he's wanting a, a de- like a halfway decent meal and that's what he saw, sure. But, I mean, it's not like an absolute must-go-to uh, type of thing. Like, I would do I would do a Longhorn, but who's to say he was out celebrating? Yeah, apparently, you know, he might have been out celebrating the night before. Yeah, who's to say that was... I, I just thought it was I, funny. You know, I, I, I don't know, but... um, Yeah, it's amazing that the biggest story coming out of All Out was not the fact that there's 
a brand new first ever AEW champion. Chris Jericho, legit superstar, one of uh, like an all time wrestling legend. I mean, a guy who made his name during the Attitude Era has reinvented himself how many times over. This is a big deal. I feel bad because it's such this a overshad- big, like, This overshadowed the first ever championship title win. Did you at any point win. think it was a work? No, I really didn't. Because you know didn't. how I think. No, I, I think everything's a work. No, I, didn't, I, don't, but, I don't foresee AEW going through the Tallahassee Police Department and, and, and filing a, uh, a false report or and anything this like that was, just to get publicity because, I mean, the consequences of doing such is n- the risk doesn't isn't worth the reward that, here. I think I think Mike Johnson put that on his website. Oh, did he? Like, um, hey, if you don't know what filing a false report means, yeah, yeah. You, like yeah, like that's a crime mm-hmm. uh, unless they have the police in on it, which seems like a whole lot for this. And then as it wraps up, it's like, hey, we found the belt. Good job, everybody. Like it didn't turn out to be yeah, any sort. It's... Like my first thought is, oh, Mox has it. Like that's what I'm thinking. But as as the story unfolds, it's like, no, he legit just lost the belt. <laughs> and yeah, I think he switched up luggage, or he grabbed the he wrong suitcase, or something bag, like that. Something like that. Yeah, it, it's just which makes me wonder, Chris, why are you checking the belt? <laughs> yeah, that's a carry on, right? Yeah, we always carry the belt, brother. You know, come on, man. No, if you, I mean, I'm just thinking like of all the shots of uh... Flair used to carry the belt onto the plane, like not even put it in his bag. He would carry the belt. In the bag, and I've heard on the plane. I've heard a lot of the boys say, like, it, it depends on your level of stardom. Like, you know, Dave Batista probably doesn't want to be carrying the belt. But if you're like a guy just trying to get a little bit of, uh, just trying to get a little bit of rub, or honestly, impress the TSA so they don't pull you aside. Hey, I'm the champ. I've heard that, but I can't like checking it. That seems like a bad move because. We've all traveled. Checking a bag sucks. When you get your bag right away, it sucks. Well, you never want to check the belt or your gear because yeah. if, if your gear gets lost, I mean, sometimes, you, so, sometimes you don't have a choice. Sometimes they make you and you're at the, you're at the you're mercy, at the mercy of, the, of, the airline. of the airlines, of course. But um, if you lose your bag, if you, you know, if you check your bag and you lose your gear, what are you, what are you working yeah, in that night? You, you're, you're, are, you're, are you going... You're, you're buy you're borrowing gear or you're going to You're going Baron Corbin, you're just gonna you're going to Dick's and like I don't I don't know what you do. <laughs> is that have has that, have you ever seen anyone like go to Dick's and get a singlet? No. For I'm even for to like think. a house show or something, like amateur gear? Not that I can remember off the top of my head. Oh, no. that, that's funny. Like I would love to see all of a sudden some guy come out and just be in like legit amateur wrestling I'm gear sure because it's he lost happened, his, it but has it's, to have happened at some point. It's not something that happens all too often. Yeah. Um, but while we're on Jericho, I do want to ask you, what did you, what did you think about AEW's decision to put the belt on him as the first ever champion? I think it makes a lot of sense. Makes total sense. I, I, I don't know, unless you were going to go like Omega or Cody, uh, Jericho here is your headliner. He's the name everyone knows. Of course. And if we're, you know, we've talked more so in our group chat than on the show about how they're going to try to attract, uh, you know, the casual fan. Listen, and the casual fan knows who Chris Jericho is. You and is. I are, you know, we know who Kenny Omega is, and sure. he's legit one of the biggest names outside of the mainstream. And this is but... no disrespect to Kenny Omega, oh, but if we walk down the street on, you know, on Market yeah, Street no out, one here, out there, someone's going to know Chris Jericho before they know Kenny Omega. Yeah, one hundred. And when we're talking about, the, you know, the he, you have the built-in story of, hey, he was on TNT and didn't get the push. Uh, there's a lot of different ways you can take it. Uh, I, I really like what AEW is doing with this. On Saturday, however, there was a show before All Out. 
It was the NXT UK mm -hmm. TakeOver Cardiff show. We did a post-game reaction. Uh, we watched it basically live and then recorded. What did you think of the two shows on the same day? How did you think they compared? Uh, I don't know that there's necessarily a comparison. I mean, AEW is very in their, in their very early stages. NXT is an established product. Um, now, you can also sit here and make the argument that it's not NXT. It's NXT, NXT UK mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. So I don't know that there's necessarily uh, a comparison deal there. What I will say for NXT UK is I do think there's a match of the year candidate uh, yes. in Walter and Tyler Bate, which main event at that pay per view? Very much so. Uh, I was uh, we. Uh, you can listen. Uh, we recorded it on last Saturday, so it's right there in the archives, as Conrad would say. Uh, but listen to that; it was real good. But just AEW, I thought. You know, I've been fanboying about AEW. Mm -hmm. I will say, I feel like the two shows should have switched formats. Like I wanted way more. I just want it worked for us because it was like a two and a half hour show. It was sure. real easy. It was digestible uh, for what we were doing. I just wanted way more from NXT UK, and I thought it could have been uh, like less. You could have gotten more with less from AEW. Like make your make your top guys in the AEW show, and that's it. We don't need eleven matches or whatever the hell it was. Well, yeah, you don't need eleven matches um, once they're on TV. Sure, do the three plus hour paper. And I start, but yeah, and they're and, not yet. And that's the pro. And that's one of the issues. Um, and I don't know that I necessarily. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Disagree with them in this mindset. I didn't think it was bad. Well, no. hold, because everybody should. You should present everybody as a star. Yeah, you, you know, you should present your product as such, and everybody should be presented as a star. The harsh reality is there's very few stars right now in yeah. AEW. It's not to say when they get this TNT thing rocking and rolling that some of these guys aren't going to become superstars. That's not to say that. But right now, there there's there's very few stars to present in the company, and that's something they're going to have to build on. The uh, Chris Jericho noted in his podcast that uh, Kenny Omega was unhappy with his match, um, it got cut. They're, they just didn't have enough time. I don't know if it got cut, but they just didn't have enough time. Um, they went 23-20. This seems like a thing with AEW. I know. And that's not enough time? They didn't. Yeah, to get in everything. Like First, how much are you pre-planning? Like, I get it. There's a lot more scripting than ever. But, man, I just kind of. Hold, 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 hold on. Time out. Time out. Time out. What? This seems like an issue with AEW when they're constantly having to cut matches and guys not guys oh, complaining they, about not having enough time. How much more time do you need? Do you need the whole pay per view? You know, Omega likes his forty plus minutes, and he's coming he from a format where he could always get it. Yeah, well, guess what? He's not going to ever. He's not going to ever have that format no. here on live television. And I've said this before. I'll say it again. This is the problem AEW is going to face going into live TV. There's four guys right now on the roster. Four. And I can maybe stretch it to six, seven, possibly. But for argument's sake, let's say there's four who know how to work live TV. Yeah. When you when you're on when you have live TV and you need to know what business you need to accomplish in a certain amount of time. Or let me rephrase that. You need to know what business you need to accomplish no matter what should your time get cut. So I don't care if you show up to a building 
and have 12 minutes. So you really have 10 because you have a minute yeah. for maybe even maybe even nine and a half because you want to you want to frame it for where you have a minute for each entrance and whoever's going over you want to have 30 seconds on the back end for that glory shot. So you want to have 9:30, right? Yeah, so when we're talking about 23:20, that's bell time. So they had over well, 25 minutes for the full presentation. Well, hold on. So you st- I still didn't make the point. Yeah. You have to so say that's what you're told all day and you plan for that and you're building to a pay-per-view and you know you're going over this with your producer and yada yada yada. You're doing the whole thing. Well, let's say the first segment went heavy. And now you're the second segment. Okay, you now have to shave four minutes off. You still have that pay-per-view to sell. You still have that match to sell. You still have that merchandise to sell. You still have to hold the viewer. You still have to make them tune in next week to see what you to see what's going to happen because of what happened this week. And you have to know how to do that. Kenny Omega right now may be the best in the world, but he doesn't know how to work TV. He's admitted that. So yeah. it's, not, it's, not, it's not anything, I'm not, you know, uh, it's not a knock on Omega. But if you're going to be visibly upset after coming back from a pay-per-view match and having 24 minutes and you didn't get everything in, one, that's, that is unequivocally everything that's wrong with the wrestling business today and B what are you going to do when you only have 12 minutes 8 minutes 6 minutes on a TNT television show it's going to be interesting and unless somebody gets a hold of these guys and look they have fantastic producers who have all been there done that yeah they they're they're behind the scenes hires have been smart they have Billy Gunn he's fantastic he's amazing they yeah. have Arn Anderson <laughs> Arn that's all you got to say Whatever. Is Arn Anderson you don't have any yeah. there's there's nothing else to say D Malenko nothing else to say I, there might be one that I'm missing or uh, two that I'm missing whatever with any luck these guys are going to these guys need to get to these guys very very soon and I'm and it feels like I'm ragging on Omega here. I'm not, yeah, but like not, I'm, I mean, I'm just a, I'm just using him as the example. Kenny Omega is very, very, very good at what he does. I have no doubts in my mind that he can pick up this style and this tell. You can you can work any style you want, and it's still a television format. Yeah, you still have to fall in line with the television style, no matter what style of in ring work you have. And some of these guys are going to have a very, very rude awakening. Yeah, and I feel like just think, I very much agree. Like I love, I, I'm, I'm excited for what AEW is going to be. I love Omega, but it is going if if 23 minutes, 23 plus minutes isn't enough. I, I, it just seems like this is a theme. I've heard it several times now with AEW pay per views. The top guy, like the Bucks, a couple of uh, pay per views ago, we're like, oh, we didn't have enough time to get everything in. We like, all right. I, I get it. You you want to have the match of the year, but sometimes you just have to tell your story and move on. Uh, one thing that also came out today, it was announced on Twitter earlier tonight, at the next AEW pay-per-view, it'll be their first pay-per-view with television supporting it in uh, Baltimore, full mm-hmm. gear on November 9th, mm-hmm. we're going to get Cody and Jericho for the title. Okay. First, what do you think of announcing that before television starts? I don't necessarily I don't necessarily see the benefit of it when you have TV to build that match. Now, of course, 
you have to you have TV to build that match going in. We yeah. understand that, but to me, it loses its effect and loses its luster. Um, knowing this is what I'm going to see going into the television show, I would have rather been my own personal opinion. I mean, different flavors of ice cream, chocolate, vanilla, yeah. strawberry. I would have personally under uh, would have liked to seen that happen organically throughout the television show yeah. and 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 a build to that pay per view, but. You know, AEW's doing things differently, as we're seeing. And like, you know, there's, who knows, this could all be part of a grander plan. I, 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 I don't know. And that's what's going to make me watch. Yeah, and I don't hate it. Uh, like, I don't think it's dumb. Like, all right, we're going to go in, hit the ground running with TV with only a month to build. It's not like we're building off some previous storyline. It's like, all right, TV's starting here. A lot of our fans are picking it up. They already know. All right, yeah, Chris Jericho, I know this guy, mm-hmm. and he's the champ. This makes sense. Cody, I watched him on WWE. He's got the famous last name, and right away he's the number one contender, so I know he's a big deal, too. I don't hate it. I just, yeah, I, traditional wrestling, one storyline goes into the next, and you build that way, but since it starts on October 2nd, and then they have a November 9th pay-per-view, there's, I, I mean, think there's, it's a There's good a full idea. month there, and that's fine, yeah. but... Um, again, for me, for my money, yeah. I would have liked to have seen it happen. Started on the very first night. Started on the very first night on October 2nd on TNT, but I would have liked to have seen it happen in front of my eyes, not telling me this is what's going to go down. Is Cody Jericho the best match to lead off their main event? This is the first pay-per-view with TV supporting it. We already said we like Jericho as the champ. Is Cody and Jericho the best main event we could uh, we could be asking for? Well, yeah, because it's the top two names uh, in the company, the most recognizable names, uh, arguably, and we don't know what Mox's status is yet. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. Yeah. But um, for right out of the gate, for uh, the first pay-per-view with TV and everything like that, yeah, I feel like that's the best road that they could go down. Is it the best match for where they are right now? Probably not. I'm okay with this, provided Jericho goes over. Yeah, yeah, I definitely don't want Jericho to drop the title one month in. Uh, And Turtle complains all the time, and I I don't even... I don't necessarily disagree, I just think he oversells it, but like, if Cody, the whatever you want to CFO or whatever the hell he is, is champ one month in... It's just like, all right, man, smashing that uh, Triple H throne was really, oh, yeah, it was poetic, huh? Right. And you're going to be him. Even if it's that's not what's happening, it still feels that way to sure. me, you know? One more thing on All Out, and then we'll start to move on a little. Um, uh, what the hell was it? Oh, Dave Meltzer has been making the point online uh, that... Because the show was so long, and because the ladder match uh, with the Bucks and the Lucha Bros was so freaking over-the-top crazy, there was no way for the title match to be able to hook the live crowd the way it needed to, building a story, having a traditional wrestling match, rather than the craziness of freaking Bucks ladder match. And so the title, if you really wanted to feature it and get the spotlight on it and get the crowd reaction you wanted, should have been featured earlier in the show and the ladder match should have gone on last. Where do you fall on that? It amazes me after all these years that Dave Meltzer still doesn't understand how this works. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dave Meltzer is an idiot. (laughs) Dave Meltzer has made a living for many, many years, a very nice one, 
Oh, yeah. Off of reporting wrestling, something he physically can't do and has never done. Now, I'm not going to begrudge him of how he made a living. That's fine. Oh, that, he's over. And great. that's, you know, no everyone's problem. trying to get over. But you would hope after 20, 25 years, whatever it's been, that he would pick up a little nugget of how this thing actually works. So what Dave Meltzer is trying to tell me is he's trying to tell me to get the spotlight on the first ever AEW championship title match. We're going to crown a new champion here. We should put it earlier in the show. I don't know. Where should we put it? Third? Should we Should we put it fourth? Should we put... Let's have an intermission, too. Let's put it on popcorn match. <laughs> Why people are still in the bathroom. I don't understand what that means. Look, I have a lot of love for the Young Bucks. A lot of love for Nick and Matt. They were not the main attraction of that show. But we have seen, and Vince does it all the time, title doesn't always go on last. But it doesn't matter here because this is a different situation. This is the first. This is the inaugural. This is the first time ever we are going to crown an AEW champion. Chris Jericho is the biggest name on this show. He's the most marketable. He is who people are coming to see. He is their top guy, which is why he has the title to begin with. That match only ever had one spot and that's going on last i don't care if the young bucks did Meltzer drivers off the top of the goddamn arena i don't care it's not about following what the young bucks did because you're never going to be able to follow those guys no and I those think guys are the, those guys are are fantastic the they emotional- do what they do they just you're never going to be able to do it but that that match, that the AEW heavyweight title match, needed to be on last. It always needed to be on last. Chris Jericho is a bigger star than anyone else on that show, Absolutely. and he and, and to crown him AEW champion anywhere else on the show, that moment would have gotten lost. I I won, I just for the viewing audience uh, on television, it's a little different. Uh, you can sit through it, and most people like I'm not. I didn't watch a show live, you know, I went back so I can fast forward and watch it in any order I want to watch it in. I've gone, and you know, I own an FDM shirt. It's not like I'm some Meltzer fanboy or anything. I'm not one of those people. I just don't necessarily disagree with him because, first of all, I've seen, I just watched like the 91 Survivor Series last night and Hogan was in the middle of the show. So like, it's freaking Hogan. What was on last? I can't even remember. It's like some nonsense. But I think because of the emotional drain, it's not even about who the Bucks are or anything. Jericho, obviously the bigger star. It's the emotional drain that match has on the audience and the inability. The live crowd is a huge part of a big match. When the crowd's into it, it's just a better match. Watch your favorite all-time match on mute. It's not as good. I just think it might make some sense if you wanted the crowd to be as into it as they could be to have it on second to last. Sure, do that. Do that at full gear. Yeah, not I, not when you're crowning you're an, an inaugural champion, okay. a first ever champion. You need, the spotlight needs to be solely sp- solely on that guy, solely on Hangman Page, solely on Chris Jericho. And look, here's the here's the deal. The audience pays to be there, right? But you don't really ever, you're not performing for the live audience. You're never really performing for the people that are there. You're never really playing to those people because there, there might be 20,000 people in that arena. 
But how many more millions are there on the other side of that camera lens? Yeah. Those are the people that you're performing for. Those are the people that you want to come into the arena when you come to their town. Those are the people that you're focusing on. It's great to have the people here. Thank you for coming. We appreciate your support. But I'm performing for the people at home. So that you know, that's where the spotlight of the AEW heavyweight title needed to be. That's why it needed to be last, so people can feel a main event type match. It definitely. I, I just. I don't believe that the main event always has. And it's it's it take it has taken me some time to come to this realization. I used to freaking hate when the title wasn't on last, and then you know like I'm okay with the title not being on yeah. last, but not when you're crowning your first champion. All right. Uh, any other AEW stuff before we move on? No, we can get going. I think that pretty much covers it. All right. So uh, everybody's, I mean, everybody's hero, Ric Flair, he's uh, putting himself opposite the WWE right now. Uh. You know, Becky Lynch is calling herself the man, and that's derived from her rivalry with Charlotte Flair, saying, you know, and Rick always said, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Becky beat Charlotte, so she became the man. Rick wants to get paid for this. They're marketing it. She sells shirts that say the man. Rick wants a payday. Great. I just... Great. Do you really think he'd go through suing the company? Yes. I really do. Do you think... What kind of adverse effect do you think that would have on Charlotte? (laughs) Um, Stranger things have happened, but not... Not as much as one would think. I think she's her own entity. Yeah, I think she's her own person. They know what they have with her. Look, they know, they know Rick is nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, they are very well aware of the financial problems Rick has had in the past. They are very well aware of every issue Rick has ever had. I don't Divorces know, man. Divorces are expensive. Yeah, especially when you have five of them. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I just think this is crazy even for Ric Flair. Like, I just called myself the man. You got to, like... Bill, you're the man. Like you're gonna you're gonna sue me for using that. Like that, that's, just, that's just insane. And it's I, I'm very that's like LeBron James trying to trademark Taco, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> that is just absolutely yeah, like, next level insanity. I understand that. Like I get it to a certain point. Yes, you did coin the phrase to be the man. You got to beat the and man. And he owns that. Great. Did Rick ever? She's not saying that. Yeah. Did Rick ever walk around actually calling himself the man? No. I don't know that. No. I don't know. He was. I've the never nature heard boy. that. He's the nature boy. Yes. If, if Becky wanted to call herself the nature boy, that would be a different story. Completely but different Rick story. Stole that from somebody. So yeah. Like, does Buddy Rogers get paid for all Nick Rick Flair's T-shirts? I just think at one time. Ric Flair was on the Mount Rushmore of professional wrestling. He was this business uh, for a very, very long time. I don't know if it comes with old age or the problems that he's had or, you know, having to come to grips with him not being able to be in the ring anymore. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it's it's very, very sad to see in this current in this current state what Ric Flair has become. It's... It's not even that people, I don't know if, I don't want to say people have lost respect for him, but like they almost feel sorry for him. They have empathy towards him. And, you know, one one of the things I saw, I believe it was TMZ. He did it, you know, he had some type of video out there with TMZ where he said, oh, they still love me, but they lost respect for me. No, they didn't lose respect for you, Rick. They're not paying you. They're not going to be held hostage because you want to get paid over two words that you used 
as part of a catchphrase. As part of a catchphrase ago. for yeah for thirty years. Like that's that that that's that that's just, that's crazy to me. And <laughs> WWE can always play the card. Well, we own everything anyway. Nothing's yours. Ain't nothing yours. His reasoning I saw was because he has to support his family. <laughs> come on, Rick. I mean, I mean, like, come on, man. I just, I, yeah. Th- I, this is insane. Uh, one of the things I saw, the company blew him off. Of course they blew him off. Yeah, man. Like He it, said he called Hunter. Hunter blew him off. Of course. Wow. Of course he blew him off. And that's, this is nuts. I'm sorry. They have a little thing called uh, NXT that they ha- that yeah. Hunter has to worry about. They have a little thing called switching over to Fox in October that they have to worry about. I'm not totally sure that they're actually really worried about Ric Flair suing them over using the words the man because they'll end up settling with him out of court anyway. And by the time he's on good terms with the company again, he he might not be here. I don't know. Yeah, I just and that's like when you say Hunter blew him off, like that's what I feel bad about. It's that it's not I don't feel like I like you said, ton of stuff going they don't have time to deal with Ric Flair thinking he should get paid over Becky Lynch's t shirts. But the I thing be, I feel I wanna be a fly on the wall when somebody <laughs> came into whoever's office and said Yo. Yeah, yeah, Rick Rick wants us to cut him a check. Um because Becky's using the man and he feels entitled to it. I I would have loved to have heard that conversation. You know, my first thought with this always you think it's just a storyline? Nope. Like we're setting up? Nope. No, me neither. And I think everything's a work. Nope. I just think this is Rick trying to... Like you just, said... He was just on television yeah, at the Raw on, reunion. Yeah, he was at the Raw reunion. He came out and didn't talk. <laughs> but yeah, I just think... Uh, yeah, I, I feel bad in that I don't want to see a 70-year-old man think he's still limousine riding, jet flying. Listen, what if do you... you mean? I he, just, like... He still thinks... Yeah. Rick still thinks it's 1985. Yeah, Rick thinks he's the world heavyweight champion still. And you know what? That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's good for you. It's just like, I can't believe Hunter didn't call me back. Dog, this is a billion dollar company. Right. Like, <laughs> like, and that's the, like, is Rick going, Rick wants to get this money so he can get paid because he needs to support his family. If he's going to sue the company, that's going to cost him way more. <laughs> like, what is a lawyer suing WWE going to cost you? And the thing about it is, is, you know, Everything Rick said on TV, he did. Yeah. You know, ha- big house on the big side of town, the boats, the cars, all that. He had all that. But if he didn't if he didn't burn through all of his money being the nature boy, he would be able to sur- to to support his family. It's very, you know, Oh, it's ridiculous to even say he can't. It's very very <laughs> it's 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 a very simple thing. First of all, all those kids are adults. Like, you know, Ashley's the women's freaking, she's the women's revolution by herself. Sure. Like, yeah, I didn't, ugh, it's just, it's, all it's, right. it's, it's, it's mind-boggling. There's something I've re- I just want to chalk all this up to just saying 2019. Yeah, uh, he's, yeah, it's just another, yeah. Uh, something I've really been enjoying on WWE TV lately is the King of the Ring tournament. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, like, I always get psyched that whenever they're like, oh, we're bringing King of the Ring back. I'm like, yeah. And then it's, oh, it's a one-night special on the network. Uh, Bad News Barrett's going to win it. No one's going to care in a week. <laughs> like, all right, okay. Well, that was fun for those 20 minutes, though. Uh, but this one, it seems like they're really featuring. They're making it a big deal. Whoever wins this thing, I think, is going to get a legit push. Um, first of all, I, I want to ask you, the, re- the main reason I wanted to bring this up, it's because it's a question I've been meaning to ask you. Uh, so, 
There was a double pin during this tournament. Joe and Ricochet pin each other, Mm -hmm. and instead of them eliminating each other and Baron Corbin getting a bye, which is a very heel thing that happens all the time in tournaments, uh, we see it gets moved to a triple threat match. But to set this up, the referee counts the double pin, and then he goes to a headset, and it's like all of a sudden an NFL replay thing, which I thought was was a cool kind of... It I just seemed different. It was a very different presentation. Then he goes to the back, and it's not till the next segment that we see he's made a ru- there's been a ruling, and there's going to be a triple threat uh, in the next round. Both Who guys was he advance. talking to? Do we know? Some authority, you know, whoever, Vince, whatever. But my the question, raw GM, yeah, yeah, the laptop. Yeah, the the lab. He was on. He was on the headset with somebody trying to get a ruling, like we see in the NFL or the MLB replays. It's different. But what I wanted to know is. Is there an actual rule book? Like, when you were a WWE <laughs> official, is there a list of the actual rules? No, because they change weekly. That's And that's I was listening to Jim Ross talk recently about um, it's something that's been bothering me for years now. At one point, closed fist punches just became legal. Mm-hmm. There was no explanation for it. It was just like... Big, I'd, st- I'd still call for it. Big Show's finish was a closed fist, pun- closed fist punch, and suddenly... They were legal. Mm-hmm. There was never. An, I was like, "Is there an actual list of the rules? Like when you're training to be? A, there's no rule no, book. No, no, no okay. not at all. Um, but rules would change weekly. Like yeah. I, re- like I remember, there were times where we, they wouldn't give the refs finishes. We would. Le- they, Vince, legitimately wanted us to count three, which nobody followed. We would always get the finishes from the guys. But that's because that that you're just entering in bad territory there. Uh, there was a time where Vince didn't want us to count five if somebody was on the top rope. Just, you know. That's at one point. Act like you're doing something. At one point, it was also a ten, like it was an out of the ring count f- to go to the top rope. Like you were considered being counted out. And then that stopped. And then it was just, you're in the corner, so I have to count. And then it just went away entirely. Another rule that just went away entirely. Then there was a time where if somebody was in the. If- Guys were in the corner, get it, you know, get in the middle of them and physically push them out. Uh God, there was just there was just so many of them. Yeah, I just I just it's something Literally it was something every week. Yeah, it's just something that I wondered, like when the referees are being trained, do they actually hand them a list of rules, or is it because, you know, it's a freaking work, <laughs> uh, you call the rules as you need to to tell the story? I was just interested, because I do remember, like, reading in the dirt sheets when Vince said, no more learning the finishes, call the match like it's a real match. Oh, like, my God. I what? remember when that happened, reading about it. What what a nerve-wracking time. Yeah. Uh, but with five, there are now five guys left. We're going to get the final of the King of the Ring at Clash of Champions. Not Clash of the Champions. Just Clash of Champions. Yeah. We're going to get the final there. Uh, but we have the triple threat between uh, Corbin, Ricochet, and Samoa Joe. We have Elias and Chad Gable on the other side of the bracket. This is a real pick to me because I can see all five guys really benefiting. Do you? Who do you think it should be and who do you want it to be? There's only two people that really benefit from this. Um, Joe is Joe. We already know what he is, what he does, where his place is. Ricochet is a former United States champion. He's not the is he United States champion now? No. Uh, that's AJ still. Yeah. Uh, that's right. AJ has the belt. Yeah. yeah so Ricochet is a former champion. He's already made. We're cool here. Elias is in the main event. He, he, if he's, he's an not, attraction. If he's not in main event matches, yeah. he's involved somewhere somehow. Uh, 
I would like to see Baron Corbin in some way, some fashion, uh, become King of the Ring. Because one, he's a tremendous heel. But two, this would propel him right back to where he was yes. before he went on the decline. Um, but the person who actually really needs this just to become relevant again is Chad Gable. Yeah, I like. I can see. I think the perfect spot. I think all five could work it some way into their gimmicks, like. King Ricochet, there's already some, you know, like something there to that. I think, like just being having been Prince Puma and all that. I think there's something to it. I think all five guys could work it into their gimmick well. King of the Ring to me always works best with heels. Corbin is the obvious one. I think either Corbin or Joe could take it and become champion like the next month. Everyone else, I think it's a little bit different, their spot on the card. But, yeah, Chad, like, I think the perfect spot for him is losing in the final in a great match with Corbin. Like, get the best possible match out of Corbin. Sure. And then we have King Corbin, and that's that fits so well with his game. Well, a great match also makes Chad Gable as well. He doesn't necessarily have to go over. Oh, yeah, that's he's been coming up in 205 and everywhere just because of the great matches he's been having all over the WWE Universe. Can't believe I just said that unironically. Uh, but he's been featured in a lot of places having great matches, and that's why he's in this tournament. I, I think that's the perfect spot for him. But this is a real pick to me. I can see it working with all five guys' gimmicks, even though I'd prefer it to be a heel because kings are bad guys. <laughs> like, who wants a king? This is America. We revolted against that. Correct. But, yeah, I just I think it's cool, and I, I think all five guys could really be elevated by this. It's been fun. They've actually made it matter. WWE's good again. And it, it really pisses it, me off that it took it, AEW for them to be like, oh, shit. We've sucked for like three years, huh? <laughs> like, I, it, it bothers me that this has been in them the whole time. See? Competition is like, good. Like, CM Punk would still be working here if... Uh, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe not still. But, like, he wouldn't have just stopped showing up one day yeah, if, if the company... All right. Yeah, probably. He's a dick. But you know what I'm saying. Like, we wouldn't have had to go through all this to finally be good again. You could have just made it good. So there's going to be another Raw SmackDown draft. How excited for this are you? <laughs> I can't I, believe they're doing this again. I'm okay with it as long as they stick to if, it. Listen, like I always say. Like, we're clearly splitting the shows yeah. here. All right? So... Friday or uh, SmackDown's moving to Fox on Friday and Raw staying where it is. There's clearly two shows. Yeah, that's this is gonna just in that Raw is on Monday, it's on USA. SmackDown, it's four days later. It's not the next night, it's not on the same network, it's not in the same city, it's just a totally different show. I'm cool with that, but please stick with it because this, like, my god, I'm okay. Yeah, like I said, I'm okay if. If they legitimately stick to it, two separate brands, two separate entities, you know, for example, if Roman Reigns is on SmackDown and in a year and a half of nobody showing up on Raw from SmackDown, he appears and it's the biggest thing ever. That's a big deal. That's great. I'm for all of that. If they're just going to blow this thing by December and it's going to be a dumpster fire... Why even do it? Why, so I yeah. mean, it, it's really I'm 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 really at a six one way half a dozen the other thing here. Yeah, no, I, I always like uh, just like in baseball, I'm cool with the American and National League being different mm-hmm. when they're different. 
But since they just play each other all the time now, and there's no actual difference except one gets to play with different rules than the other, like, I don't see the Literally point. Literally, one has a yeah, DH, exactly. one doesn't. Yeah, like, and there's no other difference, and there's, like, interleague play is year-round, and the All-Star game, no one gives a crap. Enough for nothing. Like, the American League sucks. It's, yeah, it's just whatever. But, like, when they're, if... If they only ever met at the All-Star Game in the World Series, it would be freaking cool. Yeah. But since that's not the case, and that's the same way I see Raw and SmackDown, mm-hmm. make it one show or make it two entirely different shows. And I really hope that they stick with this. And I like the way they're formatting it. Raw has always been the A show, and these things have always started with Raw. And it makes sense because it's Monday and then Tuesday or Monday and Thursday, whatever. This is going to start week two of SmackDown on Fox. They, they're going to get the big rating week one, and then they're hoping to carry it over. And then the second night of the draft will be on Raw the following week. I think right. that's a good idea. Cool. But we do have some uh, NXT news as well. Oh, yeah? With what's happening with their format. Talk to me. The first two shows, because mm-hmm. they're starting two weeks ahead of time, two, there's going to be two NXT on USA shows before AEW starts on TNT. That's, uh, I, the first two... <laughs> I, I love the move. It's I moving, really do. It's moving to a two-hour format. However, the first two weeks, when there's no competition, hour two, not on USA. It's going to be on the network. Starting October 2nd, that's right, starting the week AEW starts, yeah, we're two hours on USA now, and it'll be up on the network in like two, three days. (laughs) This is the most, like, I love it, and I'm also like, my God, I can't believe they care this much. I can. I, listen, I know... I understand. I all rich people are this petty, and it's yeah, part they, of what well, drives them to be that successful. But like, my God, to ha- look at that company and think they are going to challenge you in any way right away is hilarious. Well, to me. Vince looks at this as a business, and there's nobody who knows better than Vince that ratings have been on the decline, business has been on the decline, and look if there's if there's two million viewers that are watching Monday Night Raw and that are watching SmackDown Live. He understands that there's a real chance that they're going to be fighting over 2 million viewers. And yeah. he understands there's a real chance that this thing could be split down the middle. One goes over here, one goes over here. And what is, if, if they split this thing down the middle, well, what's that mean? Well, that means business is lost, money is lost, et cetera, et cetera. He's not willing to take that chance. So he's going to do everything he can to get that, fir- that first foot out forward. Yeah. And that's why I think... All of this is a brilliant move from a business standpoint from from somebody that's you know on the outside looking in you can go oh wow that that that's really petty but at the same time he's in the mode of I have to survive now it's not really that deep it's not really that serious not, yet but but WCW wasn't that serious correct you, know, you didn't think that but they had Hogan so it was like all right and then but the thing, uh, like on a different level, I don't think he'll uh, they'll be in. Like I keep saying, this will be fun. They they're head to head Wednesdays. I gotta believe at some point it'll be on on Mondays, but we'll see. Uh, that's years down the line in my mind. But I think Vince, a little bit, sees this as not. Yeah, profits are at an all time high right now. No matter what you want to say about the rest of their business, they are freaking profitable. But there was more buzz around wrestling. Than ever when there was a war. Mm-hmm. This is kind of starting that. Well, it's not. It, because, I, it's not. It's because right because the WWE is a thing right now. But it, NXT it, isn't W. I mean, it is, but it's a different name. AEW is not a thing yet. 
Yeah. The one one is this, one is very real. The other one isn't. By putting it on TV and making it so that it's head to head with their because on the network it's different than regular TV. I think it props eight like not so much that they'll hurt WWE's business. I think it just puts so much more of a spotlight on NXT that it also puts a spotlight on its competition a little. I think it's a next level move, not to just to prop up AEW yeah, but unless, the, 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 by a half of a percent because it, it just makes it a little bit more of a competition, and people love the idea of it being a, uh, a war. But not for nothing, again, unless you are a hardcore wrestling fan or watch Law and Order reruns on TNT. You don't know that AEW exists. So Vince has already won. But you also probably don't know that NXT exists. Sure you do. Ah, you've heard of it, but have you ever seen it? Like, it's the same, I mean... But if you're watching Monday Night Raw, you know exactly what NXT is. Ah, do you? Mm-hmm. Like, those guys come up and get very little reaction usually. Yeah, but NXT is still integrated into the television shows. It is somewhat. I just, it, like, how many people actually watch NXT? Very few. A fraction of the audience, yes, but you still know what it is. Have have there been any AEW pay-per-view buy numbers come out? I haven't seen any PPV buys. I actually remember seeing something not too long ago. What was their first one? Not All Out. Or not All Out. Double or Nothing was the first one that they actually did. Was like insane numbers. Like If I remember correctly, and don't hold me to this, I don't remember exactly, but like... It was like the single largest wrestling pay-per-view non-WWE bought in history. I mean, not surprising. What, you know, and, and whatever that means. So, which, you know, you mean to tell me they beat every WCW pay-per-view ever? I, there's so many, like, more, there's like there's just more people in the world than there was 20 years ago. It's 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 an accomplishment. I'm not trying to belittle it, but it doesn't necessarily surprise me but no AEW at this point not actually competition I think putting but, NXT head to head with them props them up a tiny little bit a little bit of a fraction and it just creates this perception of a war that makes wrestling more interesting to everybody nah. I don't I think it's a side effect yeah. I think it's a a profitable side effect because Vince knows. Vince knows that business was better. There was more buzz. His people were in the mainstream more. Even though there's more money now, like they're not on the wrestlers aren't on the cover of magazines anymore. It's not the same as it was. He's not on cigar but it's not, aficionado. But it's not going to be. It's never going to be. Maybe, there was maybe only not. one attitude era. There was only one Stone Cold Steve Austin. You're never going to replicate that. I don't care who the billionaire is, Vince McMahon, Tony Khan. Uh, Do you think Ted they Turner. said that about Hogan? I bet they did. It's a different time. Yeah, and they said that too. I just think it's very possible we have wrestling come more into the mainstream than ever because they're head to head. No, because back then wrestling was still wrestling was still in in a lot of ways legitimate. The curtain's been pulled back way too much now. But people watch more scripted television than ever. Yeah, like you watch, you take it the same way. You sit down and binge nine seasons of something. I just don't like, and people watch it that way. I don't. I don't think it's physically possible because what happened is when, when the WWE bought WCW and when the WWE bought ECW, and they screwed up that entire thing. 
they lost a very large fraction of the wrestling audience that they've never gotten back and won't get back. So in a lot of ways, there are less people watching wrestling. Today. Oh, there are fewer people watching wrestling now, but I do think you will get some of them back if people go, hey, there's this new thing coming up. It's uh, on TNT again, and they're like, I, I just think there's a way to get, I don't know. Are they going to be doing fives and sixes in the freaking ratings? Nobody. No, because Nobody that ever shit is. doesn't exist. Like, nope. there's just a million channels now. I don't have cable and have like ninety channels. Yeah. So, but like, I think this helps the overall wrestling business just because the perception of a war boosts everybody up. The perception of a war is only a perception among hardcore wrestling fans. But that's what it was to start last time, and then it became something else. Both have to be good. If NXT sucks and AEW sucks, then no one's going to care. If both are really good, then it becomes something. Guess we're going to have to see. We will have to see, and that is all the time we have for you on Smarts and Stripes this week. Didn't have time to get into the Bailey heel turn. I know how much of a mark you are for Bailey. Sit down in your seat. We may get to it some point or another. Relax, Kevin. Relax. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's so good. Uh, Anyway, yeah, that's all the time we have for Smarts and Stripes. My name's Bill Matz for Kevin Keenan. Uh, Turtle will be back with us at some point. Have a great week, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.